Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Season 5, Episode 63 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again today as we continue and conclude really our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials found in March the 6th to March the 12th in Matthew chapters 9 to 10, Mark 5 and Luke 9. What I'm finding is I need to be careful that I uh, don't cover every single um, event in every single chapter because um, if they're not highlighted in the Come Follow Me materials, it's likely because they're going to come up again in a different chapter in a more kind of detailed uh, account of a different gospel uh, chapter. So because there's a lot of overlap and a lot of different chapters that overlap with each other within the gospels, uh, well, across the gospels, uh, it's something that I'm trying to be more aware of. So there is a couple of things in here, like the miracle of uh, feeding um, with uh, the bread and fishes that Jesus does. But I think we're going to be covering that in another section. So I'm going to leave that one um, and focus on a couple of things that were pointed out um, in the later materials, particularly in Luke chapter 9, verses 61 to 62. Now, we have mentioned this uh, already about um, a few disciples coming to the Saviour and asking if they can um, go and do something first before following him. We spoke at length about uh, the man who wanted to go bury his father first. But there's a couple of verses in Luke 9, which we didn't cover with uh, this kind of event, uh, which I wanted to to talk about today uh, to finish our week of study. So in verse 58, it says, And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man have not where to lay his head. So this is uh, in response to a disciple that says, I'll follow him. They would follow him wherever he went. Um, But Jesus then responds with this um, warning that uh, there would not always be room uh, given to to him by others. President Thomas S. Monson said this, quote, earlier, perhaps perceiving the culmination of his earthly mission, he spoke of he spoke the lament. Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man have nowhere to lay his head. No room in the inn was not a singular expression of rejection, just the first. Yet he invites you and me to host him. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Close quote. It's a really important reminder of how when Jesus first came to the earth, there was no room uh, given by, by many uh, for him to be present to them. Or, but And this is a pattern that would follow throughout his life. And it happens very much so today that there is no room in people's lives for the Savior. In many cases, I often refer to uh, the experience I had on my mission. Now, obviously, you know, going about as a missionary, um, there was a lot of people that said they had no room for the Savior at that time. And, you know, for thousands, I imagine. Never did account. Um, <laughs> but I imagine it would go into the thousands, perhaps the tens of thousands. And... But there was one specific experience I remember in detail because it was so ironic, but also just so eye-opening as to just how switched off from the sea there are so many people in the world. We were knocking on doors and one person opened the door and it was at Christmas time. And they had a lovely decoration where they had a star um, hanging above the front door. And I can't remember if it was inside or outside the house. So like if we could see the star before they opened the door or see this, I'm pretty sure it was, it was inside the house. So when they opened the door, there was like a star hanging above this individual. Um, just the imagery of that is, it was quite poetic when the person said, oh, I don't have any time to talk about, to talk about um, church or Jesus right now. Um, which, which, you know, we're trying to get ready for, 
and I'm pretty certain they mentioned how it's just so busy right now with Christmas coming up. And I just wanted to stand there and just be like, are you serious? <laughs> Obviously, being a polite, a respectable person, a, a missionary, I, I didn't say that. But, um, you know, there is just no room given uh, at, right now for the saviour. Um, and we must make sure. I mean, obviously, we look around at the world and we we lament at that. But we also need to look at our lives and think, are we giving enough time for the saviour? Are we giving the time that, you know, as our love and faith suggests or should should suggest, do we give enough time for him? Is something which we need to reflect on as well. I'm going to skip ahead past the person that talks about burying um, the, his father first, as we have spoken about that before. But I want to focus on this person here in verses 61 and 62 of Luke 9. It says, another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are home at my house. So this individual wants to just go say, you know, go back to his home, say goodbye to his family and friends and then go with the saviour. Again, a request which some would argue, oh, well, surely that's an OK thing to ask. But the saviour says something which, again, similar to the uh, asking to bury the father uh, may sound harsh at first, but we need to look at the context of it. Jesus said, said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plough and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, again, you know, I think that this is referring to the fact that when we decide to covenant and to commit our life to the Saviour, um, it is after we've made those covenants or commitments that we need to not look back to those things which would have held us back um, from being able to do so. President Howard W. Hunter said, quote, whatever the past may have been in our individual lives, it is gone. The future lies ahead, and we must face it with resolution. There is always a point from which we can begin. Even though we may have been faithful in the past, if we turn away, that faithfulness will profit us nothing. No man, having put his hand to the plough and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Close quote. Um, there is obviously, you know, when we consider how we move forward in this gospel, it is a forward-facing gospel. Rather than looking back over um, you know, faults and issues in our lives previously, it is very fulfilling and empowering Empowering to know that we can return to the sacrament table, lay, our, lay ourselves before the Saviour and, and look forward in faith with a bright future of hope. Um, that is a, a wonderful message for all of us, I am sure. Um, but equally, <laughs> we also can't look back on past faithfulness and then presume that that will help us then to be okay as we move forward as long as we've been faithful in the past and we can just do we can be a bit more slack now as we go forward we need to make sure that we are constantly looking forward but also constantly returning back to the savior he is the only one we should be turning back towards um in our faithfulness and as i think that's that's the message i think we ought to take from this is that he is able to make all past wrongs right he is able to remove everything that we would not want in our lives from previously but we must be faithful to him, partake of the sacrament, follow that gospel um, and build ourselves up further and further towards him in our in our behaviour and our actions over time. Um, thank you so much uh, for listening today. Hope you've enjoyed the study. Join us on Tuesday as we uh, re resume uh, next week's uh, study or begin next week's study is a better word for it. Uh, and thank you for listening until we meet again. <laughs>